Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Shabbat Shalom, everybody in the room, and Shabbat Shalom to everybody watching from around the world. Every Friday night is the Sabbath, from Friday night to Saturday night. Um, A lot of people don't understand that. They don't know that. Uh, The church is taught that the Sabbath is Sunday. I remember talking with a pastor one time, and he said, the Sabbath, Jesus changed the Sabbath to Sunday. And I said, show me that. Well, it's in the Bible. I said, okay, I'm with you. Show it to me. Couldn't do it. And the reason why that's important is because God said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember it and keep it. Now, we meet on Sunday. I remember meeting in Israel with uh, one of the leading teaching Orthodox rabbis. I mean, this guy is full Orthodox, uh, black clothing, beard, peyote, the black hat, the long coats, and knows that Jesus is the Messiah, knows it 100%. And I asked him, I should should we stop meeting uh, on Sunday? And he said, don't do that. That's the worst decision you can make. And I said, why? And he said, because Sunday's the day the Gentiles meet, and you've got to meet with them so you can teach them the Jewish roots of the Bible so that the Messiah can come. And what you need to understand with us meeting and you joining with us around the world, this is exciting to Jewish people that Gentiles are meeting on Shabbat Shuvah, on the Sabbath of return, because they know that when more and more Gentiles, eventually one more Gentile will have their eyes open and they believe it will tip the scale and the Messiah will come. Now we know it's the second coming. But they believe that when the Gentiles' eyes are open and they begin to understand the Jewishness of their faith, that it will tip the scale. But they say that before the Messiah will come, the world will see the Gentiles doing this because God will bless those who or understanding these high holidays, God will bless you so much that it will get the world's attention. Now, I want you to understand that because how bizarre is it that we as Christians are meeting on Friday night for Shabbat, but we're meeting on Friday night for Shabbat Shuvah, the Shabbat of... Re- Derek and I and Donnie were in the back. I said, I wonder how many churches are meeting for Shabbat tonight. Probably not many. But what does Malachi say? He said, all the, Malachi, speaking for God, said, all the world will call you blessed. So the reason I'm saying that is every Friday night is Shabbat. And I'm going to teach something here in a minute. Every Friday night is a window of heaven. It's a special place in time. But tonight is extremely special 
Every year this night is extremely special, but I believe prophetically this night is extremely special because of the time we're in on God's calendar. Now, I want you to turn with me this this evening to the book of Isaiah, and I want us to look at Isaiah 58, and I want us to read about the fast. Now, I'll share this again on Sunday. But God calls us to fast this Sunday night for 25 hours. Now, what if I don't fast? Well, you'll go to hell. (laughs) That was a joke. It's not what if I don't fast, but let's look at what if I do fast. And let me say this, at least try. At least try. You know, at least fast in between meals. <laughs> Isaiah 58, you have it? Look at verse 5. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Now, the English translation isn't really good. It, it, instead of saying, is it a fast that I have chosen, kind of like a question it's a statement this is the fast which i have chosen so anytime we fast to draw ourselves closer to god god honors that amen Amen. but this is the fast when we're talking about fasting this is the fast this is the most important is it not a fast that i've chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush, to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this fast, this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Now look at what happens during this fast. Uh, Look at me one second. And I know, and we'll say this and we'll go through it. Sunday Sunday is our Yom Kippur service. Yom Kippur... I believe the rapture takes place in Rosh Hashanah. I might be wrong. I don't think I am. So I, and I know the wicked servant says the master delays is coming. So I believe, and I might be wrong. And we need, we need to live like he's coming in 10 minutes. And we need to plan like we've got a whole year or five years or 10 years. Do you, you understand that? I believe that the rapture happens on one of the two days of Rosh Hashanah. I might be wrong. God may trick us. But I believe that because the rapture has not taken, did not take place during Rosh Hashanah, I believe we've got at least another year. Now, I know the wicked servant says the master lays are coming, so don't email me. Okay? Right? You understand what I'm saying? So let's say we have a whole nother year. Let's prepare as though this next year is going to be the best year of your life ever, ever. It's the best year of your life ever. Amen. So what you've got to understand, and we'll go over this Sunday, but that's why this is so important tonight. What you've got to understand is that on Yom Kippur, Every curse is broken. 
God is God 24-7. He is there to, to, to move in our lives. But there are appointed times that God is, his anointing is greater. His strength is greater. His blessings are greater. We're going to talk on Sunday on the seven places Jesus shed his blood. So here's the blessing. Man, it's ready to come. But before the blessing comes, on Yom Kippur, God breaks the curse. Now we're going to do, we're going to do, I'm going to do a hand washing for you on Sunday because we can't do baptism. But this is all preparation. Remember when, remember when Jesus came to John the Baptist and said, John, baptize me. John was baptizing in preparation for Yom Kippur. And when Jesus went into the water and came out, what landed on him? A dove symbolizing the Holy Spirit, the power of God. And then he went right back into the wilderness and kicked the devil's tail. Right? So what happens on Yom Kippur? On Yom Kippur, we break every curse, every every attack of the enemy that's blocking the blessing of God, and we release. Once that curse is broken, then God releases all the blessings that we've been waiting for. This year is different. This year is even more special because I believe in all my heart this is the beginning of the latter rain. This is the beginning. What we're seeing, what we're seeing in Israel, I know you get it, but pass it on. How amazing... Muslim nations are making peace with the nation of Israel. How in, how crazy is that? They're lining up, and I know some more are coming. This, this is a shadow of what is getting ready to happen in your life. There's going to be, you, you watch. You watch what's getting ready to happen. You watch, you watch Sudan get involved. You watch Saudi Arabia get involved. You watch these other places get involved. You watch what happens within the next year on the Temple Mount. And I believe, in, I believe a million percent this is a shadow of the blessing, the spiritual blessing and the financial blessing. What we're seeing happen right now on Israel is a shadow of what's getting ready to happen on the church. And it begins right now. Amen. So we'll talk about that. All right. So is this not the fast that I've chosen to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Now, let me let me stop right there. Ancient Jewish wisdom teaches that during this entering into this fast, they would take a dove and or a chicken, and I won't get into all the details, and they would sacrifice a dove or a chicken, and this would go to feed somebody that's in need. I'm giving you the Gentile version of this. And so the tradition became that when the temple wasn't there anymore, we would still sacrifice, and so we would, we would give a special charity offering that would be equivalent to feeding someone who's hungry 
So I want you to think about that come Sunday, not just your tithe and not just your offering, but something extra. You know, we're feeding kids in Haiti. We're feeding kids in Africa. We're feeding kids and, and, and Holocaust survivors uh, in, uh, in, in Israel. And so I want you to think about as we go into this fast, instead of eating a meal for ourselves, we take the price of that meal and we give it to charity so somebody else can eat. Right? You're not eating. So instead of going and, 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 and so just think about, well, if I was going to McDonald's, what would it cost me to go to McDonald's? And you always supersize. <laughs> Don't do the cheap. No, I'll just have the small, tiny, no Coke, please. No, let's supersize this. And, and give... <laughs> Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring your house to your house the poor who are cast out, and when you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. When you do this, look at verse 8. Then, everybody say then. then. Say it again. Then. then, see, so many times we're waiting for God to move, and God's waiting for you to move. If my people, then, right? I sure hope God does something. God's saying, I sure hope you do something. Somebody asked me, and you've heard me say this before. Somebody asked me, say, well, what if I give to charity and it wasn't God telling me? It was the devil. Now, the devil could say, why don't you smoke dope? Or the devil could say, why don't you steal that? But the devil's not going to say, why don't you feed the poor? I got him, I got him, I got him to feed the hungry. It ain't never the devil. Say amen now, come on. I I think it's the devil telling me to give this amount. God speaks to us, and and, and this is so important because you're going to understand this on the Shabbat. Then, look what happens. When we do this, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your, your breakthrough in your job, your breakthrough in your finances, or your breakthrough in what? Your light will break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. Your righteousness not being how holy you are. Your righteousness in your acts of charity will, will go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call... And the Lord will answer. The reason I'm doing this, I won't have time to do this much on Sunday. Pastor, why won't God answer my prayer? Have you answered God's prayer? Why won't God do what I'm asking him to do? Have you done what God's asked you to do? Now, this all ties in with what this night is about, so that's why I'm taking time to teach this. Amen? Amen. A lot of times, God can't answer our prayer because we're not doing what he's telling us to do. It's like, why won't the lights go on? Plug it in. (laughs) But won't the electric company? No, you got to plug it in. The power's there. 
Right? That's what this is all about. How many hate to fast? Come on. Uh, how many hate to fast? I hate to fast. The F word. I hate it. Okay. But what happens when you fast? For one day, you know what it's like to be hungry. One day, you know what it's like to, man, I, I can't eat anything. But there are people that are hungry every day. And God brings us the opportunity to help them. You know, it's like, you know, we got a thing from our, our kids down in Haiti, our orphanage down in Haiti. And I, I you know, I said, I said, man, these kids want to eat every day. Gosh, there's no end to it. And there's not. But when you afflict your soul, it makes you say, you know what? You know, why do we pray over our meal? You know, the most important prayer when you eat is not the prayer you pray before you eat. It's the prayer you pray after you eat. If you've ever been with Rabbi Lappin or something, when, when the meal is done, they'll either say, you know, you can go. Because the prayer after the meal is long. The prayer before the meal is, is basically, Let's eat. The prayer after the meal is long. Pages. Why? Because when we're hungry, it's one thing to pray. You know, when they, remember when you went to jail for the first time? Don't nudge your husband, lady. Don't nudge. <laughs> but it's after God has blessed you, after you're full, after you're married, after your business is going. That's the dangerous part. Because now we don't need him. That's what, that's what Malachi is all about. That's why they went into Babylon in captivity. We're so blessed, we don't need God anymore. That's where America is right now. That's where America is right now. Well, we, well, let's remove God. And so that's why this is so important, this Shabbat right now, because, because in 40 days, if we don't have the right person as president and we get the person that, that's in there, that, that they're going remo- to remove the church. They're going to make it illegal to worship God. They're going to do it. So this is why this, is why this, is, this night right now is so important. We'll, we'll get into that. All right. That's good. good. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call. Then, when you've done this to help others, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Well, that's a good deal, isn't it? If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger. Now, now remember, this is, this is the Shabbat of return. So what God is saying here, instead of in your family or in your, where you work or something, you know, you're, you're, look at that person there. Instead of pointing at how bad somebody else is, we're to look at ourselves to see if we need fixing. putting away the pointing of the finger. That's what this is all about. We're to check ourselves. 
Isn't it easy to find what's wrong with everybody else? You know, if I, you know, this is the way I would do it. What this is about is checking yourself. Checking, checking. All right, good night, everybody. Thank you for coming. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, speaking wickedness, gossip, backbiting. I think I, think I got Lydia in the front row. She's the only one cheering me on here. <laughs> if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then, there's that word then again. I got to do stuff. <laughs> Then your light shall dawn in the darkness. Your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually. That's not bad. And satisfy your soul in drought. And I can't read the next word. What is it? Strengthen then your bones. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old places, the, the, shall, shall build the old waste places. That's what we're doing with Israel. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, You shall honor him, not doing your own ways, not finding your own pleasure, not speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, I hate to fast, but that's some good stuff. But it's not fasting just to fast. It's not, uh, it's not fasting just to, just to, be, just to fast. It's, it's fasting for a purpose. To realize what our lives would be without God blessing us. What our lives would be without God feeding us and God sheltering us and God taking care of us. And to take that and realize there are people in the world that are not near as blessed as we are. And this is how they feel every day. Wondering, wondering where their next meal will come from. You know, uh, my uh, Tiz's sister uh, and her husband adopted a child from, from Africa years and years ago. He's a big, handsome, handsome guy now. I mean, what, six foot four or five or something? But when, he, when, he, when they first got him, uh, and we see this a lot with adopted kids, um, they would take off the table and put food in their pockets and hide it in, in their home. And uh, I, I remember uh, uh, Lauren, Lauren, Lauren's little guy, when they brought him back from Haiti, would do the same thing. Why? Because they're not used to having food. And this, this just kind of makes us realize Man, we, we hate this one day a year. So, God, send us more that we can help. Yeah. 
Send, send us more people that we can help. Now, let me show you how that works and why this Shabbat is, is so important. Open your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3. And I'm going to show you something that I teach with the leaders, but I don't think I've ever taught this here, but I, I feel like the Lord wants us to take a step deeper because of where we're at. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances, my teachings, my, my law, the Torah. And you've not kept them. Return to me. That's Teshuvah. This, tonight is Shabbat, the Sabbath of return. This is the Sabbath of return. It's the Sabbath between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Return to me and I will return to you. Now, I want you to realize how powerful that is. Once again, whose move is it? It's our move. Now think about this. Israel has just come out of Babylonian captivity. The reason why they've come out of Babylonian captivity, as we're about to see, is that the Jews stopped bringing their first fruit offerings. They stopped tithing. They stopped keeping Shemitah, which, which is every seven years in Israel, the seventh year, you're to, you're to have your land lay, for, lay unplanted. Huh? Fallow. What's the word? Fallow. You have your land lay fallow. So why, why would God do this? Well, everything God does has a physical and a spiritual. One is by not planting on the seventh year, it gives your land. And I'm not a farmer. I'm from inner city, South St. Louis. But it gives you your land chance to do what? Revitalize. I don't know how that works, but it does. If you're planting and it's constantly sucking the nutrients out, you got to let that land lay fallow so it can rebuild itself so that your harvest can be better. But at the same time, if you're not planting or harvesting on the seventh year, then you have to believe God for a bumper harvest on the sixth year that will feed you that year that will give you enough seed to plant for the seventh year and feed you for that seventh year because you're not getting any harvest. So it was God's way of saying, trust me. Now, it's one thing to say, I I trust the Lord. But then when your offering plate goes by and God says, put a tenth in, I don't think I trust him that much. We trust him to go to heaven. But do we trust him to be Jehovah Jireh? And so they actually got to the point, and I don't know if it was they were saying, well, we don't trust God. We're not doing that. I think it got to the point that said, you know what? We're doing so well, we don't really need God anymore. That's what the Torah, that's what ancient Jewish wisdom says. It's not that, oh, we're afraid to give. No, they got to the point that said, man, our, our flocks are full, our, our harvest is plenteous, our barns are stuffed. We don't need God anymore. And I'm afraid that's where America's got. That's where the world has gotten. And so we've pushed God out. So God is saying on this Shabbat, return to me 
And if you return to me, then I, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Mekadesh, Jehovah Shalom, I who am the God of everything, I will return to you. If you don't, I'm going to stay back here and you're on your own. But if you return to me, I will return to you. So we understand that. Well, how do we return? In your tithes and in your offerings. We understand that. Offerings is three times a year you come before the Lord. You don't come empty-handed. Passover, which is when Jesus died on the cross. Pentecost, Shavuot, which is 50 days after. And then coming up after this, Feast of Tabernacles. Because the Feast of Tabernacles is the most important one. It's when everything is explodes in God's goodness. This is where they said, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice. Everybody, everybody came for this one because this is the best. I believe what we're leading up to this Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, is going to be the best we've ever seen so far. I think it's going to explode as long as God's people do the right thing and we pray and we repent and we get right with God, it's, we're going to explode. So this Shabbat right now has really deep meaning. And let me explain. And I'm not, I don't think I've ever taught this before. There's a lot I study that I don't teach because we're, the, Christian, the Christian community is like an aircraft carrier. And you've got to turn it slow. I can, I, I mean, I can remember when I first started teaching Jewish roots, m- my family called me and go, are you still a Christian? <laughs> yeah, I'm just more like Jesus than I've ever been. <laughs> Jewish Jesus. I, I did, uh, I did Sid Roth's program the other day and, uh, I know they're ner- they're, they're everybody before I go on, they're all nervous. You know, this is, this is, this is a new thing. And so they called and, uh, you know, well, what about this? And what about that? And, and, uh, and I said, listen, I said, um, what we're, what we need to do to get the world's attention is we need to give the world the Jewish Jesus, the Jewish people, the Muslim people, them, they'll, they'll never become Baptists. They'll never become Catholic. They'll never become Lutheran. They'll never become Presbyterian. They'll never become Assembly of God. But they will become followers of Jesus that is a Jewish Jesus that never stopped being Jewish. Do you you understand that? And so um, for us to understand these things is the key to the latter reign. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. This Shabbat, Rosh Hashanah, is the day God opens the book. The book of life. We know the Lamb's book of life. I I believe that's the rapture. And then, he loves us so much. He cares about us so much. You know, you, you think about... The Bible says God will run you down with the blessing. You know, you know a lot of religion, God's up there as an old mean man with a big fly swatter. That's not the way God is. It is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He loves us so much he sent Jesus to pay the price. He keeps giving us chances. 
If, if, you, get, if, you, if you get a chance, um, you ought to read the scriptures that, that go along with, uh, with, Shabbat, with tonight's Shabbat service. Because they, they say, you know, we, we've sinned, we've backslidden, we've grown lukewarm. But God loves us and he gives us another chance. And he, and he does. All we have to do is return to him and he'll return to us. Okay? So every Friday night, we celebrate Shabbat. Every Friday night, we, we meet on Sunday, we teach on Sunday, we pray on Sunday, we sing on Sunday. But every Friday night, we, we, we welcome in the Sabbath bride. We welcome in. And you read this scripture, return to me and I'll return to you. How do we return your tithes and your offerings, etc., etc.? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And then God says, I will open up the window of heaven. And so every Friday night, there is a window that passes over us. Now, the big windows, the big, big windows are Passover and Pentecost and Feast of Tabernacles. But every week, a window is open over you. Every single week, God comes by with a window. Not for the whole year, but he releases the blessings on our lives for the whole next week. That's why we go, hurry up, get the candles out. Let's light, let's welcome. Because I don't want to miss the window of opportunity. It's not legalism. I use the illustration all the time of blind Bartimaeus. Here's, here's all the people, all the blind people and the beggars and everybody. And, and they're all sitting there begging for crumbs. And all of a sudden they hear this ruckus and Bartimaeus goes, what, what is it? They say, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And he hears, man, Jesus of Nazareth, man, he's the guy that raises the dead and heals the leopards and opens the blind eyes. And so he, 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 where is he? He's right in front. He goes, Jesus! Jesus! Now, we don't see anybody else. We don't hear, we, we hear blind Bartimaeus cries out. We don't hear crippled Charlie. Poor Peter. Lame Louie. You notice I'm going slow because I'm making these up as I go along. But Bartimaeus. And the amazing thing is, is number one, Jesus knows everything. He knows everything I need. And he knows everything you need. And he has the ability to do it, right? But what does the Bible say? He would have passed them by. He was there. Why? It's our move. It was Bartimaeus' move and Louis' move and Peter's move and Charlie's move. It was their move. And he never came that way again. Because when, but, but a short time, he was on the cross. He never, never came that way again. And so here's this window. Here's this window. That's why God loves us so much. He keeps giving us these windows for us to respond to. And so here's Bartimaeus sitting there. He goes, what is that? And they said, it's, it's Jesus. Jesus, the, Jesus of Nazareth, yeah. The one who he, heals people, yeah. Jesus! But, but the religious people around him said, don't, hey, don't listen. That dude's the rabbi. Don't be, don't be bothering the rabbi. Bartimaeus goes, get out of my way. I'll knock you down if I can see you. <laughs> Jesus! He cried out the louder. What did Jesus say? Bring him to me. 
bring him to me. Here it was, but it was Bartimaeus's move. That's what these times are about. So every Friday night, every Friday night, we stop. Hopefully you're not working, but if you're, let's say you're working. You stop and you welcome in the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a taste of when the Messiah comes. The Sabbath is a taste of no tears, no sorrow, no pain, no poverty, no suffering. Now, I know we're busy, but are we too busy for that? One of the ten suggestions... Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember it. Well, here comes the church world and says, we got to separate everybody from the Jewishness so they won't be praying towards Jerusalem. We want them praying towards Rome. The Council of Nicaea, 325 years after the resurrection of Jesus. And so they said, here's how we do it. Here's one of the ways we do it. Let's change the Sabbath. Let's change it from Friday night to Saturday night. Saturday. Let's change it from Saturday to the day mo- most of the world, Roman Empire, worships the sun. No, no days had names back then except the Sunday. That's where it came from. Well, Jesus changed it. No, he didn't. Nowhere in the Bible says he changed it. But God says one of the Ten Commandments says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Why? Because I'm opening a window over you. And I want to pour out every, everything you want, everything you need, everything you're... I want to pour it out for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I'll see you again Friday night. Amen? So every Friday night is a Shabbat. It's a window. But this one is special. This is the Shabbat of return. And ancient Jewish wisdom teaches us that this Shabbat is not about what we need. See, God knows what you have need of even before you ask. And so that's why he gives us the Shabbat. Welcome that in because he's going to take care of our needs for next week. But this Shabbat is different. This Shabbat of return is not about telling God what we need, but God reminding us to return to what we're needed for. Do you get that? Every Shabbat is about what we need. And connecting with, returning to him, so that Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Mekadesh, the God who heals, the God who provides, the God who brings us victory, the God who makes us more than a conqueror, he takes care of our needs. But this Shabbat, as we're getting ready to go into the time where they would sprinkle the blood of the lamb seven times, this is about not what we need, but reminding us and returning to what God needs us for. Before we were born, every one of us stood before God. 
the second before we were born, we stood before God and God gave us a mission. And our mission is individual. Our mission is joint as a family, standing for Israel, feeding widows and orphans. But every one of us has a different part of that mission. Every one of us are kings, and every one of us are priests. We're kings and priests. But in the body of Christ, some of you are more kings than you are priests. But every one of us, and I, you know, I don't know how to explain this, but some of you have a gift of bringing joy. Some of you have a gift of just a word of wisdom or word of knowledge. Some of you have a gift of some of you have a gift of making money. Some of you have a gift of giving. Some of you have a gift of of you know. I think about where I would be if it wasn't for Bill Trujillo doing what God, uh, somewhere in, in God's eternal plan, Bill Trujillo, that young Mexican man that led three days in a row, led me to the Lord and then had an accident and was never quite right after that. He's in heaven now. He did what God called him to do. And that's why in Hebrew, there's no word for retire because you can't retire from the mission that God has called you to do in the kingdom of God. When, when we found out about Tiz being real sick and Rabbi Lappin and Susan flew in to pray for Tiz, and uh, Rabbi said these words to me. He said, if you guys were retired, said to Tiz and I, if you guys were retired, I'd be worried about your health, Tiz. But because you're still on a mission. And that's the same for all of you. That's why, that's why there is no retiring. You know, I, I've, I, you know I've, I've thought about this with, with, with my life. You know, uh, I had a very, very famous preacher uh, say to me a couple years ago, we were sitting together, very famous, one of, my, one of my favorite preachers in the world. And he said, man, I'm looking to retire. And... I've had people all the time say to me, when will you retire and enjoy life? And I know what they mean. You know, when when are you going to retire and enjoy? How can we retire from, and what we're all called to do, how can we retire from preparing the world for the coming of the Messiah? How how do you retire from that? I mean, not just me, all of us. Because I can't do it without you, and you know I can't do it without ushers and greeters and musicians, and we're 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 all doing this together. And so this Shabbat of return is normally people think of returning to God and repenting and all that. Yes, we understand that, but the deeper meaning of this is returning to your mission. Yeah. Of maybe you maybe you got tired, or maybe you got uh, sidetracked, or maybe you got. Um, uh, weary and well-doing. And we realize, you know what? Why quit now? We're on the one-yard line. 
we're about to go in and win the Super Bowl of life, and it's not going to get nothing but but exciting and greater than ever. So we need to we need to look at ourselves, and yes, we need to. Do I need to return? Do I need to repent? Do I need to get right with God? Yes, that's all huge. That's all big part of it. Yes, but just think about what happens after the Shabbat. Every curse is broken. Every blessing is released. And everything that we're looking at, then I will, then I will, then I will, then I will, then I will. And I want to tell, I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. Get back on the horse. Saddle up. Because we're about to go on a journey. Don't, 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 don't retire. In your, I mean, you can you can retire. You can retire in. You know, you know. They say that uh, uh, when a man or a woman retires and they don't have something else to do, they begin to die. I'm going to be over thirty this year, <laughs> November fifteenth, November the fifteenth. And I feel like the most exciting times of my life are ahead of me. And the most exciting times of your life are ahead of you. Amen? Be involved with what God is doing. Let me close with this. There's a teaching in ancient Jewish wisdom that says each and every one of us are to hear God say this to us. The world was made for you. The world was made for you. For you. For you. That's not narcissism. What that means is, is that I have, you have, you have, you have a very significant part in this world. And nobody else can do it. What if Bill Trio hadn't done what he did? What if, what if I hadn't m- m- met Tiz and, and, and married Tiz and, and she put up with me all those years until I became perfect? <laughs> she never quit. She never quit. And, and I, wasn't, I wasn't the easiest to live with the first few years. After that, I'm, I mean, I was a prize. <laughs> but didn't quit. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on your business. Don't quit on your life. Don't quit on your children. Don't quit on your husband. Don't quit on your wife. Don't quit on yourself because the world was made for you. And that that means is, is that each and every one of us has a call from God to tikkun olam. You'll meet people that you'll meet people that they'll never meet. You'll meet people that they'll never meet. You'll go places that they'll never go. You'll say things that they'll never say. And together we can make a difference. Together we can change the world. Think about this. Together we are called to prepare the world. I want you to hear these words. Together we are called. Together we are called to prepare the world for the coming of the Messiah. Think about this. It just just popped in my mind. There are people, there are black Ethiopian Jews in horrible situations, in these horrible 
um, camps. What are they? What would you call them? Uh, a holding? What would you? What would you call them? A holding camp or, huh? A re, yeah, they're, yeah, the refugee camp, a holding camp there, and and certain countries want to keep them there because, and they're horrible. I mean, beyond what you can imagine, beyond what we can imagine, and they want them keep them there because the more they have, the more the UN pays them. And they're sitting there wondering, will we ever get to Jerusalem? And you and I are preparing to send this, this Sukkot, to send a check to, to, to rescue families. They don't even know it. They don't even know it. But you're going to make a difference. We're going to make a difference. It's all... It's all in God's great plan. But look at what he says. When you, when you, when you fast and you feed people and you help people and you love people, and you, then I will. You will cry out and I will say, here I am. God, I need a healing. Here I am. God, I need my business to break through. Here I am. God, I need my children saved. Here I am. What a mighty God we serve. And you need to realize how vitally important you are. Stand with me all over the building. Do you receive that today? Man, I feel, I feel, I feel just a great anointing. I just feel a great anointing. Do you have the... Uh, is it challah bread? Oh, good. Let me uh, say the blessing first. Do I have a talent? Yeah. Barukatadonai Lahinu Melek Ahalam. Ashir Kitsanobu Mitzvota. Vitsibane Amnatilat Hyadaim. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubt. Every curse from this week is broken and every blessing is released. Say amen. We take the bread, double portion. I know this is not popular to say in church world anywhere, but God wants you to prosper anymore. God wants you to prosper. Not, it's not popular anymore to say that, but God is into prosperity. Amen. Beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health. Say amen. amen. God wants you to prosper. That's why on Shabbat, he shows us a double portion. Every day is normal, but on Shabbat, he reaches, releases a double portion. Amen. Take your challah bread. Is that is this anybody here? Is this your first Shabbat? Your first Shabbat. All right. Let me just take take. Can I take a couple minutes to explain? You have challah bread, which is and you at home you can use a cracker, you can use a slice of bread, you can use a hot dog bun, but this is challah bread. And challah bread is separate strands woven together. And it symbolizes, I need you, you need me, we need God. I need you, you need me, we need God. It symbolizes unity, the power of unity. It's always two, because when we remember the Sabbath, God doubles our blessing. God doubles our anointing. God doubles our, our finances. 
Bread represents financial blessing. It represents provision. It represents your house, your home, your, your bo- job, your business. Challah bread is always covered on the bottom and covered on the top. Because when we remember God, and we remember him in our tithes, we remember in our offerings, Malachi says he will. This is the only thing, only he can do this. He will rebuke the devourer from our house. So it doesn't make any good to make a dollar an hour if the devil steals a dollar ten. Right? So he rebukes the devourer. The covering on this represents when God provided manna in heaven while from heaven while they were in the desert. And great, great teaching. Those who were really serving God would open their tent door and the blessing was right out their, de- their, their tent. Those who were lukewarm, remember on, on Rosh Hashanah, three books are opened up. The ones who were really serving God, the ones who were lukewarm, and the ones who aren't serving God. Those who were really serving God would open their tent, and the manna was right out their tent. They just bent over. That's why when we say, Blesses the Lord God, King of the universe, who brings bread from the ground. Well, God doesn't bring bread from the ground. He brings wheat. You got to plant it. You got to water it. You got to till it. You got to bake it. You got to whatever you do with bread. You got to do that. But God says, when you serve me, even though you're working, it'll be like the Garden of Eden. That when you put your hands to something, my anointing is going to get behind it. And I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to make. We're not here to work a job. We work a job because we're here to serve God. Make sense? So the challah, when they would come out or the manna would come out, it would have dew, that's the covering, it would have dew on top and dew on the bottom. And that dew on top and that dew on the bottom preserved it. It rebuked the devourer. It kept the insects away. It kept the sun from beating down. Uh, it kept the desert, the sand from getting on it. That's the covering. I will rebuke the devourer. But it also brought flavor. I don't know what manna tasted like, but let's say it tasted like your favorite food in the whole world. Three times a day for 40 years. I mean, let's say kids go, you know, the, the, the kids, the, 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 the grand sugar stay at our house all the time and they like uh, um, Takis, those hot things. Can you imagine? And they love them. They, they'll eat a whole bag. Each one of them eat a whole bag. Could you imagine eating Takis? Okay, it's been three years now. Takis again. (laughs) Right? So when we're serving God, God brings flavor. There's a wealth that comes from the Lord and brings no sorrow with it. So it's not like either God or blessing. When you're really serving God, your blessing comes along with it and brings great joy, gives flavor to your life. Amen? So let's take the challah. The, 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 the. Father, we thank you that this year is going to be a year of great prosperity and great joy along with that prosperity in every one of our lives. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus our Messiah. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Take your challah. Abundance. And then we take the wine or the grape juice. Wine is a symbol of joy. 
Wine is a symbol of blood covenant. Wine is the symbol of the seven places that Jesus shed his blood to make a covenant with us. When the Lord says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to sleep, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. That's what Gentiles worry about. It literally means those who are without covenant. We have a covenant with Almighty God through the blood of Jesus. And it covers every area of our lives. We're going to talk about the seven places Jesus shed his blood uh, on Sunday. But it covers every area of our life. But look at me. God wants you. I, I just feel this so strongly in my spirit. God wants this next year to be full of joy. You know what? In my family, I'm, I'm tired of praying for healing. I'm ready to live. What have you been battling with? Let's put it under the blood of Jesus. Let it wash it away. Amen. Lift up your juice. Father, let the joy of the Lord be all of our strength from here, from around the world. And we claim this through the seven places that Jesus shed his blood. Look at me. It's going to be a great life this year. Amen. Chugalug. Shabbat Shalom. Our best is yet to come. Give the Lord a shout. We love you. See you on Sunday. Amen.